Hello, and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast, where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shea, and today, I hate it when I take my dog out in the rain to go to the bathroom, and then when I bring him back in, I have to, like, wipe his little paws off, and he just looks at me like he's in pain, and he'll never forgive me for what I'm doing. And my name's Kyle, and today I hate certain colors and objects that put a taste in your mouth. It's like, for me, neon pink makes me think of amoxicillin and how awful that medicine tastes and now i have that too like i'm just thinking about like that that just gross chunky like chalky Mm. pink it's bad so (laughs) so for the last couple episodes we've been walking through the e3 press conferences talking about the big games from each press conference and kind of how we're feeling about it and today we're going to be talking about sony's games and also a couple of miscellaneous games that weren't shown at the press conferences but that kind of we're excited about or we have opinions on we think rate and are worth talking about here but before we get into that we've brought this up a couple different times um just about kyle you passing me in the race to adulthood and buying a house first and there's been like a little bit of trials and tribulations that you've been going through (laughs) so i just kind of wanted to give you a platform to rant about that and also like i'm just interested having never bought a house and even though i'm almost 30 i have no idea what the fuck goes into buying a house? So I'm curious to hear what's going on with that. All right, sit your little baby butt down. Let me give you some teaching. <laughs> um, so, uh, number one, don't buy a house. Okay, um, got not, it. I'm already like, there. Like, don't ever. Not uh, ever in your life. Don't ever do it. Number two, don't buy a house. And mm-hmm. lastly, number three, it's probably the most important of the three, um, don't buy a fucking house. Okay, sure. Um, that's about all there is to it. Now, uh, so, like, it's just... We're going because my girlfriend and I we're trying to buy a house, and oh, okay. yeah, that, that's kinda, what this okay. whole conversation's about. I just wanted to make sure you didn't I'm get lost. I'm with you. I'm caught up. Thank you for that. Okay, yeah, you're welcome. Previ- previously, on, <laughs> oh. Kyle tries to buy a house. <laughs> uh, she and I both have key bank accounts, so we figured in our infinite idiocy that going through key bank as a lender would be a good idea because it just sounded simple. So, first off, we get a loan officer. Right. Well, like, okay. So first we find houses that we want. And then I know uh, a guy who has a realtor and he really recommended her. So I contacted her. She looked at the houses and everything. She's like, okay, yeah, this might be a good fit. I'm kind of trying to get an idea of what you guys are thinking. Uh, Now it's probably time for you guys to start the loan process. So that's when we decided on KeyBank. Now we found this loan officer Mm -hmm. and like he's pretty, he's, he's reasonably local. Um, I chat with him on the phone a couple of times. We kind of get the pro- process started. Um, they're coming back with all this tax information. And for us, that's kind of a problem because mom has paid to do have my taxes done by her tax person for the last several years. And because my, you're a little baby boy. Right. That's, that's one other life adult thing I have not yet figured out. <laughs> Plus my income is complicated because sure. I have it multiple sources and it's just sure. weird. Plus, I was in school and I didn't know how all that thing worked, so whatever. Uh, and my girlfriend, her parents did her taxes, but her dad, I guess, didn't make copies of this most recent year's tax return stuff. So, so you didn't have the information to pass to the bank. Right. And so we had to figure out how to get that information. Then we were waiting on it. Finally, we submit everything. And then it's like they keep coming back, trickle, trickle, trickle. Every time we give them something, it's something else they need, as opposed to just everything all at once. Let us give it all to you right away so it's the most time efficient process we started the process of getting a loan and buying this particular house over two months ago yeah um 
Now, I don't know about you, but that's a long time for that big of a move and to have sure. two parties in limbo. Um, luckily for us, we have a place to stay that we're not paying rent. We're staying at mom's place because she's very generous and letting us be here for the moment. And they are staying with their in-laws, so they're not pressured. Like, they're not buying a ho- another house yet. The sellers. The, the sellers, sellers are, are correct. Yeah. So we're fortunate in that regard. Um, that no, that neither of the two parties are in a time constraint spot. Um, right. But there was a uh, a span of time uh, where I did not hear from my loan officer for over two weeks, and I was attempting to call him, leave him messages. My realtor was trying to contact him. He didn't return any calls or emails for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't know about you, but that's not how you do your job. Um, so that really sucked and that really held us up. And then all of a sudden, after these two weeks, I get a call from him. Here's this, 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 this thing that we need. Like we're behind schedule on this. this. Like, you haven't called like two weeks, man. Why are you all right. up my butt about it now? But anyways, not that I'm mad. I'm very mad. Um, and it's just been, it's just one thing after another. It's been absolute insanity. The appraisal came up short of the sell price. So they had mm-hmm. to get it reappraised because they didn't use the correct information. So they didn't even appraise the home right. And that brought well, it up. Well, and this, let me let me stop you there yeah. because like this was something that I like I didn't obviously I knew that appraisals happen when you're buying a house, but one thing I didn't realize was like the bank comes has to come in and say, oh, this amount that you're asking for for the loan, that's how much the house is worth. And in right. your case, like you were asking for X amount of dollars, and the bank was like, well, no, the house is worth X minus ten thousand dollars or whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's it like oh, okay, five hundred dollars so, less. Right, so we're only going to get part of the money we need to buy this thing after we've already put in an accepted offer on the thing. Like, that just sounds Yeah, and awful. I had already put 1200 of my own dollars into this house. Like, that's the full inspection was $450. The appraisal fee was $350. Um, yeah. And uh, I had a, um, uh, earnest money, which is basically we put it into, like, a little fund, and that's telling the sellers hey we're serious about this so mm-hmm. all in all it was like about twelve hundred dollars of my money so if we were to, to walk i'm out twelve hundred dollars that's yeah. fucking nuts so right. um you know it's just been it's been a bad time and so finally everything seemed like it was going to be okay and then just a couple days ago we got word that for some reason KeyBank says we don't have enough money for the down payment and closing costs in, between our accounts which is false because we do um, mm-hmm. and I think they're working off of account information that's a couple of months old, which why they would do that is asinine, and I don't know. <laughs> so we just got paychecks yesterday from the day we're recording this, so we had to wait for them to process the paychecks, and then we have to call our local branch and have the local branch print out sign-in date and fax copies of our bank statements to the processor. So we have to do that on Monday, um, mm-hmm. and it's just... It is never ending and just I, I've my whole summer has not been bad. You know, I've gotten a lot of relaxation time, but I feel like it's been wasted because I've been sitting here chewing my nails, worrying about oh, the house. Sure. And so like I yeah. haven't been relaxing at all this summer. I just I, and, and I'm it's, in limbo. It, 
it's not even like the you know the money that you would lose if it fell through is certainly one negative part of it but the other part is like you guys are undertaking this really exciting move forward for your lives and your relationship and of buying ruined. this house together and like and it's the stuff that is falling apart is out of your control exactly and, it, and like primarily happening through fuck ups by other people like that's yeah. just it's so that sucks I, I I don't know how the hell they run their loan division at KeyBank but if anyone is listening to this do not ever under any circumstances <laughs> use KeyBank as a lender for any type of loan it is it's it, it's madness i mean it, and it it i'm surprised i'm not bald already just from the last two months because i've just been tearing my hair out left and right over this and it's just really been a, a bad a bad experience <laughs> all told in related news key bank has just canceled their sponsorship deal with the shea hits everything podcast so <laughs> thanks thanks for that now you i'm don't not want getting that money back <laughs> so uh we've talked a little bit about another purchasing decision that you have made recently that has not been living up to what you wanted it to be. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So in another, another in a long line of disappointments this summer is my purchase of the Oculus Rift. Um, mm-hmm. Amazon had this huge sale. Well, actually, just Rift ha- is having this huge sale. It's like going on for six weeks, where it's four hundred dollars for the Rift and the Touch. Now, it comes with two and how, sensors. How much is that normally? Uh, I think normally it's like six hundred something. Yeah. For the two, uh, so it's it's a like. It's at least a good thirty percent discount, sure. um, and it's, it's a big deal. And then every now and then they're also giving you a hundred dollar Amazon gift card with your purchase. Nice. You just have to get them in time, right? These little windows. Um, I did not. I actually used a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. So, uh, and I, I read that while the Vive can do room scale with two sensors, the Rift recommends having three sensors. So I went ahead and ordered another sensor because those were on sale for sixty bucks. And then I got a year warranty or three-year warranty on everything for $13 through Amazon. So Mm -hmm. it was pretty much $500 on the dot for everything after tax. And then I used my $100 gift card. So it cost me the base price, so $400. Um, Got it. And we don't have the new house yet, so I don't have room to do the room scale. So I haven't set it up (laughs) or anything. But I've been trying to run the setup program because you don't need to have everything plugged in to do that. I want to get my PC ready for it, right? Because as soon as right. we get into the house, I want to be able to escape. Yeah, just have be able to plug it all in. I want to be able to escape my shitty life. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, so I, I keep trying to run this uh, setup executable, and it like it goes through the first couple steps. I agree to the whatevers, and then it can't connect to the server. So I was like, okay, is it my network? I was able to download it fine on my girlfriend's laptop, so it's not the network. It's something to do with my PC. So trying to figure that out like rolling through all these forum posts and like I've been talking to an Oculus support person with a support ticket and we have not come up with a solution yet. And I think the only thing in the forums that I've read that makes any sense to me and I have not tried yet is that my main drive is dynamic drive, not basic because it has a fat 32 partition for system and then an NTFS basic partition or uh, an ntfs partition for like my um boot and crash dump and all that stuff um, oh well duh i mean like <laughs> the boot yeah, i know this doesn't mean anything crash to you dump. like i mean obviously <laughs> it might mean like, something look at this to kid. people listening you think you're so cool with your advance come on man you gotta it's the basic it's, yeah you gotta hashtag the basic the basic <laughs> uh basic white drive um and so uh, i think i think 
I need to format the drive because you have to delete both the partitions in order to then convert it back to basic from dynamic. And I can't do that because that's the drive that all my OS stuff is on. So my OS won't let me do it. Now, I think what I have to do is I have to take my old hard drive, plug it in, install uh, Windows on it, boot from that drive. And then since it's not the active drive anymore, I can delete those partitions and reformat it. Um, and then, uh, turn it back into a basic drive and then install windows back onto it, unplug the old one, boot from the one I'm currently using. And then it's all hunky dory. I don't know if that's actually going to work. So I've posted it mm -hmm. a couple of different places to make sure those are the steps I need to take. I'm not <laughs> sure because I know you can delete partitions from the windows install, but I don't know if you can convert from dynamic to basic in that install. I don't think you can. And I think that's what the problem is. But this person from Oculus Support has not said anything about that when I try to talk to them about it. They just say, you need the NTFS file format. And so I'm not... I'm not sure. And I have a second hard drive that is a basic hard drive, NTFS, all one partition, but it doesn't have any OS stuff. It's just for extra storage. I manually drag stuff there. Like this audio I'm recording right now, I'll put there okay. um, to store because it doesn't take up... So it doesn't take up space on my main drive. Um, I've been trying to install, so there, there's a way you can um, you can force an executable to install its files onto a different drive through like a Windows prompt command. So I've tried that, but for some reason it's not working. Like the the log is showing some sort of an error. Uh, so I'm not sure what the deal with that is. So now the support people are trying to help me with that because that might be a solution. <laughs> and it's just. Nothing's working right, man. I have four hundred. Right. I have five hundred dollars sitting behind me on a couch, and I can't do anything with it. I'm mean, not that I could do anything with it right now, anyways, because I don't have the space. But it's just very frustrating. And we're like fourteen, thirteen minutes in, or maybe maybe ten minutes. And I just need to stop talking about it. <laughs> I'm just so you know, mad. I've had I've had very similar like tech problems recently. Like you know, I was trying to open up audacity which is where i record my audio and like i was trying to speak into my mic and it wasn't working and like i had turns out you know i had to restart the program because the way my mic was plugged in it just wasn't recognizing and i had to restart right. it it was just like just real you know technology that i was i was having to really go in there and <laughs> restart the, the program restart yeah. the program so did you plug your microphone in after you launched audacity <laughs> no i'm making this up this didn't uh, happen but like oh, that's man. the extent that's the extent of my computer knowledge yeah like <laughs> if it uh, isn't solved by by clicking the x in the top right corner and rebooting it i'm i'm out of my element yeah and like you know, i just oh so mad about it just yeah how about you what's going on with shay well, I mean, one of the, to to make like a perfect segue out of this, with all the stress that you're dealing with in life, I quite imagine it's nice to be able to sit down and play a video game or watch a movie or read a comic book. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what you've been doing on there? How do you like that like uh, hosting skill? It was Pretty good, good but you didn't you didn't say the the segment name. Oh, what you watching, what you playing, what you reading. There you go. Kyle. Good Lord, man. Just ruining it. Um, I, it's your <laughs> podcast. Do it right, Shay. Well, it's my podcast. So I'll do whatever the fuck I want. I don't want to say the segment title. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so I beat Batman Telltale. I think I talked about me having played some of that on a previous right. podcast. I think I mentioned right. it. Um, 
But yeah, I finally beat it. And it was pretty good. I, I had only beaten the first two episodes, so I beat the last few. Um, and this was a five-episode series? Yes. I, okay, because yes. sometimes they do, like, six episodes. and Yeah, yeah this one was just five. Um, and it took me probably three or three and a half hours to beat the final three episodes. Wow. I, I was kind I was churning through them, though. Um, okay. Just because I wanted to see where the story went. You know, I wasn't taking a lot of time on stuff. Um, just because it had been in my backlog for a while, ever since it came out, really. And sure. I really just wanted to get through it, so... Um, well, I think I I think I have that as well. I think actually you might have gifted it to me. Yeah, because I bought it and then I still get those Steam right, keys those free from, codes Telltale from Telltale every now and then. Yeah, so I sent that. Which to we you. we need to scrub out of this podcast because if they're <laughs> yeah. listening, they're going to take you off their mailing list. You've heard nothing. Um, <laughs> but uh, actually, on the since we're talking about Telltale, I because I played through the first episode of the Guardians of the Galaxy series right. that they put out. I booted up the second episode, and, like, I wasn't into the first one. I didn't really like it that much, but it's Guardians of the Galaxy. I was willing to give it another try, and, hey, if it got good and I wanted to play the rest, it's a really easy platinum trophy. So I booted up the second episode, and not 20 minutes in, it just froze. Just hard froze. Couldn't do anything. So I was just like, all right, I'm done. And, like, I have now made the decision I am not playing another Telltale game until they fix their shit. Like, I'm sick of giving them money, and, that like, they, like... Making games is hard. It's not like they don't care. They're clearly in a position where they're making so much fucking money by putting out all these licensed properties that they're never going to slow down until people stop caring. And so I'm going to jump on the, no, I'm not. I'm speaking with my wallet. I am not giving you any more fucking money until you fix your shit. Like, their games run so terribly. Like, if this was, a you know, a $60 on-disc AAA release... And a game ran the way that this runs, people would be all over the internet bitching about it. Like they were with like Assassin's Creed Unity or, you know, when Batman Arkham Knight came out on PC and like didn't fucking work. Like game companies cannot get away with this shit anymore. I've had it and I'm not giving them any more of my money. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think if that's the way you, if that's the way it makes you feel, you should totally not buy their games anymore because and it sucks I mean, that's the only most way, of the stuff right that's the most of their stuff i enjoy like i you know i yeah. loved walking dead i loved wolf among us T- tales from the borderlands i loved like i didn't like their game of thrones series as much but i still thought there was a lot of value to it and i just i can't do it anymore man it just is it, as good as some of the stories that they tell are they're always hampered by technical issues you know characters popping in and out of the little cutscenes and game freezes, losing save files. Like I've had to deal with those kinds of things on multiple occasions, regardless of the platform. You know, I've played stuff on PS3, PS4, PC across all the platforms. Shit doesn't work. And I just, it's not worth it anymore, man. It's just not. Yeah. And like, I, I will say there were definitely some moments in Batman where during the, not the game play part, but like kind of more like the cutscene parts, it right. was very chuggy. Like every few seconds it would, skip a couple frames and then the voice would get off and I don't know if that was a problem with my it could have been a problem with my machine because my machine was acting a little funky that day but um it was definitely very weird like to the point where I couldn't quite watch it because it was making me feel a little nauseous you know just because the hiccup Ugh. and then the the desync yeah. of the audio in the video yeah I, I it could have been a problem with my machine but more than likely it was an issue with their terrible engine that they've never changed and, like, how can they feel good about putting out a product like that? Like, if it were me, I would be so embarrassed. 
and and so frustrated that there's so many good qualities to the work that they do that it is so obviously hampered by the technical side. And it's not like they don't make a shit ton of money on this and their right. team keeps expanding. Like, take six months off. Retool your engine and come back with something else. But they're, that just that's not the way that business works. They're not going to no. do that. They're going to run this shit into the ground until they just completely scorch the earth and make everyone hate them for their games that don't work. Or until people lose interest in this genre entirely. That's just the way business works. And then they'll go out of business or they'll have to completely cut half their staff and retool and come up with a new kind of thing to, to do. It's just... I just I foresee that happening in the next five years, and it's just a shame because I feel like they could stave that off if they came back with a better, more reliable engine and took totally. a little bit of time off to figure out, hey, should we be doing all these projects and pulling in this many directions at once, or should we dial it back a little bit and really spend more time on these episodes and figure out how we can actually make release dates and not have three, four months in between episodes of these things, which loses the entire momentum. Right. It definitely, the, the feel I get from Telltale is very much... Um, well, it can be one of two things. Either A, they only work on what they want to work on, similar to how Valve uh, is structured internally, but maybe to mm-hmm. a slightly less degree. But also, I definitely get the sense from them that they are, they are riding the wave... Oh as yeah, as far 100%. as they possibly can, and 100%. I feel like they don't have a big game plan down the road. Like I definitely see Telltale as as a company that, you know, like you say, will peter and die or crash and burn uh, yeah. at some point, and they'll have to, like you said, cut half their staff or you know, drastically downsize and retool and reconfigure and and refocus um, because they're not. I have not seen any, as a consumer, I have not seen any evidence of forward thinking. It's just them mm-hmm. signing more property deals. Mm-hmm. That, that's, all I, that's all I see. And, you know, we, as consumers, we're not privy to a lot of what goes on behind doors in business. But I have seen no evidence of them via their games or their marketing uh, to... to make any uh make any changes in the future so that's just yeah. it's disappointing and i understand and i think you should totally vote with your wallet i do because i don't buy the games <laughs> anymore i just get them sent <laughs> to me for free <laughs> hey man maybe that's the problem they're yeah, losing they're... all this money because they're giving away free copies yeah i don't think they're losing money that's for sure yeah what so enough ranting about Telltale. Right. I did want to throw out, uh, and I, I talked about this in the last couple episodes because I've been playing through Horizon Zero Dawn, so I finally finished that. Oh, nice. And that game is super good. Like, <laughs> I, I know I talked about it was totally my, well, not totally my fault, but majority my fault of the way I was playing it was kind of hurting a lot of my momentum because I just wasn't focusing on the story, and so it was killing a lot of the kind of the pace of things that were happening. And so once I just focused in on the main story and only did a side quest once it like really interest me i just i had so much more fun with the game and the way that the story wraps up it's very cool and there's a lot of like fun challenging um unique scenarios where you're you're doing the same kind of combat but like in new and fresh ways and uh i really enjoyed that i thought the i mean i don't i don't want to go into spoilers but the final boss was a little underwhelming because it wasn't it, it, it kind of felt like something I had already done before, but um, the way the story wraps up is very satisfying and felt complete because there is like a little stinger that sets up what the next game will be. And uh, there's they're always going to have to do that because there's no such thing as a standalone game anymore. But 
I liked that the story did feel cohesive and singular and like the wherever the story goes from here seems like the next logical step for the story it's not like what you did is undone by the twist at the end it still feels like you could not play the next game and still feel like you got a full experience which i feel like is very rare in games these days yeah i I agree i'm glad you uh we had talked previously about um kind of changing the way you play those types of games and kind of more focusing on the main missions um, cause that's exactly what I did with prey and I finally okay. beat that as well. Um, nice. and so I, I had, I, I had zero clue how much of the main story I had left, but I had this long list of side missions. So I picked the most interesting one. I did that and was actually kind of surprised by the conclusion of that. And then mm-hmm. just did main story and just really dove into that and took it all the way through to the end. And, uh, there, there were a lot of kind of surprising reflections on the way I played the game uh, hmm. at the end. And I was like, huh, that's actually kind of neat that they're acknowledging what I, the, the version I chose to uh, craft, the, the version of that character I chose to craft. There were some neat. So were, they, were these based that. on were these based on like story decisions you made or like how you actually played like stealth versus combat or or that kind of thing? Yeah, and also how it had a lot to do with how I uh, did the upgrade tree because I didn't spec oh, okay. into any of the alien mods because at the beginning it's okay. like yeah you know you might not be the same once you spec into that stuff and I was gotcha. I had enough fun just with the gunplay and sneaking around and stuff that I didn't want to engage on that through this playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they really, they made kind of a, that was a weighty argument at the end that was put forth and I'm not going to spoil anything, but, uh, that was put forth towards the character of the person I played. Um, and that was kind of cool to see that. And there were just a lot of, some of the video game showed through in that moment because it's like them talking about all these things you did and some of it maybe didn't flow all that well. You know, like, like mm-hmm. they, they, they were talking about my specking thing, and then there was, like, this little awkward pause, and then they talk about another thing that I did, and then it, like, cuts in really fast and talk about another thing of how I played. And it was just, it was maybe not as seamless as it could have been, but um, I, I thought the, the ending was cool. The, the twist was good. I There were clues to it throughout the game, so I saw it coming, like, okay. on the edges of my vision as I got closer and closer to the end. And then, you know, I had the reveal for the twist at the end, and I felt validated in my suspicions, and I always think that's a cool feeling. And um, Is it the kind of game that you think you, you'll go back and play again to explore some different, like, options? Not anytime soon, but eventually, yes. And you play this on PC, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I know, I like, I had played the demo on PS4, and I just hated the way the game felt. I just, like, I didn't think it was precise enough for how fast moving the enemies were and i just didn't really feel like the guns felt good um and it's it felt that kind of a little bit a, a little bit too floaty the way the dishonored games felt a little bit but okay. then i remember hearing like i guess there were sync issues with the controller on ps4 that they were going to try to patch out so i was like oh, i might look back into this but there was nothing that really grabbed me so and i just i know my pc probably couldn't handle it the way that i would want it to plus I'm not good at first-person games on mouse and keyboard anyway, so I don't know. Like the, it, I was really hyped about the game in the beginning because it felt very Bioshock-esque, 
uh, which is super interesting to me, obviously. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. It, it's kind of fallen by the wayside for me. Sure. So it, I, I think you would enjoy uh, many of the aspects to it. And I also yeah. think you would probably find a few things um, not to your liking. But I, I feel like you would enjoy the game overall. Um, like, is it is it is it good? Not even specifically for me, but like, is it a good game, do you think? Yeah. And, and I, I think since you seem to have... Um, overcome that instinct to do everything i think you will have a better time with it now because of that okay because i was really burning out on it trying to because the the environments are just dense in a way that the original bioshock is you know just hidden stuff everywhere you turn um and it's very much that and there are a lot of uh areas of the space station that you might not even need to go into if you uh only kind of stick to the main missions which is you know blessing and a curse but um is there worthwhile stuff in those yeah. like side areas though because yeah. that was the thing i liked about bioshock is i always felt like it was worth going into that extra room because you got like an audio log or you know oh, you found a cool plasmid or whatever yeah okay, and, yeah, and like because the, the neuromods are the big thing like you know, you're, okay. you're constantly finding ammo and food for heals and I mean, anything little that you can loot, you can break down in the recycler and use it to craft more ammo or upgrades and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're always f- trying to find more blueprints so you can make more stuff in the in the fabricators. So, it you know, it there's definitely worthwhile gameplay changing stuff in those areas. And you do come across a lot of side quest areas as well. Uh, side quest triggers in those areas. And mm-hmm. there are six or seven kind of standout side quests in the game that feel like big, finely crafted side stories um, okay. and that, that I think are probably worthwhile and engaging in. But a lot of the side content is try to find all of the bodies of the crew on the station, and that's mm-hmm. that was not fun, so I didn't engage in gotcha. that. But, um yeah, I think there's some really good little worthwhile side stories. And I, it, the more of the side content you do, I envision certain parts of the game being easier um, because of right. certain reasons. And then I think it also might play into your ending as well. Um, gotcha. Yeah. I, and yeah, I think it's I, I think you would enjoy your time with it. Um, I will move it into my maybe column. Yeah. I have whenever games come out, I have like a running list of yes, please. Like, I know I need to play this maybes and then doubt I'll ever touch it. And Prey has been sitting in my doubt I'll ever touch it. So I'll yeah. move it up to my maybe list. Yeah, move it into your maybe list. And if you ever <laughs> find yourself some downtime or you ever get a new graphics card, I would recommend you play it um, on pc if you can there were yeah even with my rig I mean, there were a couple areas i had everything all the way up of course but there were a couple areas where it was struggling just because of volume of enemies and sure uh, because like enemy parts and stuff kind of stay there throughout the game but they sometimes respawn and so there were really really big areas they were just full of these enemy parts and uh like little because you get a glue gun and you can use it to traverse the yeah. environment or shut stuff yeah. off and i had shot glue guns everywhere all the time and so i think it was maybe <laughs> struggling with some of that rendering so that might have been i just know part i just know it. i'd have to play it with a controller and i feel like that just goes against the whole point of playing on pc in the first place uh yeah well me. i'm see i say i say pc mainly for the performance because sure 
Arcane, um, I already talked about how I had a bad frame rate experience with Dishonored 2. I know this is on the same engine, so I, w- gotcha. I would worry about it running well on PS4. But, you know, okay. other people didn't have that problem with their PS4, so maybe that's a standalone thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the only other game that I've been playing, I've been I booted up Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age. Yeah, talk about that, man. I watched, uh, yeah, so- I watched a little bit of that. Um, I know, and I'll probably want to check in from time to time, maybe not every episode, but I know I'm going to be playing this game for like the next several months. But um, just to give like a quick hit today, I'm really enjoying it. It's really fun to be back in that game. It's that I consider to be like the most underrated Final Fantasy. I don't think it's the best, but it's one of my favorites. Um, and I, I, when I had my old launch PS3 where I could still play PS2 games, every year, every other year, I would go back and, and pop in Final Fantasy XII just because it's, it's a very easy game to play. It's very MMO style where, you know, if you get the right combination of skills set up, you don't have to be actively engaged in the combat. Right, and so it's, it's a really passive. good game to like, you know, turn the volume down, put on a podcast and just kind of enjoy your time with it. And yeah. so that's kind of how I've been playing it now. And what makes it even better is there's a fast forward mode. So you can set it. I think it's like twice as fast or four times as fast where the music stays the same, but the movement is twice as fast. Nice. And so that's awesome for when you're grinding out these big areas. And I literally, I was playing earlier today and I got to like, one of the best grinding areas in the game for all of my big Final Fantasy twelve fans. It's the Pro Sand tips. Sea area. Yeah, like your hot Final Fantasy twelve grinding tips. <laughs> Check out SheaHitsEverything.com. But uh, I've, I did that today, and I just you know clicked my L1, so it goes twice as fast, just running in big circles, just fucking wrecking fools. And I, like, I, I'm not, I don't have to do anything. I have my gambit set up. My guys are high enough level and, and skilled enough where I just press forward. They go beat this group. I go to the next one they beat this group i go to the next one they beat this group and like i was telling my wife about it and she's like that sounds so boring like you're not even playing the game oh but it feels so good yeah yeah because it's one there is the relaxation aspect where it's very passive like you said where i can focus on other things while i'm doing it and two it's just satisfying to know that i set this up so well that they can play the game without me like (laughs) i'm still my game yes like my involvement is in the preparation and like i'm that's a big thing that i like i'm a very process oriented person so i like you know organizing the gambits you know the if then what kind of scenarios of you know if this character does this my guy does this oh if the character's health drops below this they cast cure like all that kind of thing and ordering them in the right way to where they just execute my plan perfectly and that's just like really fun and satisfying to experience so i will have a lot more thoughts on final fantasy 12 i'm sure as i go but i don't want to spend a ton of time since we got some other stuff to talk about but um you had some other things like some uh comics that you've been reading yeah, um, I've been reading the Avatar Last Airbender comics because okay. um, I, I've, I have a deep love for that original uh, three books, the kind of the Aang Avatar saga. Um, the uh, Korra, Legend of Korra stuff is yeah. okay. I've seen the yeah, first Yeah, I only ever watched books. the first season of that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, my girlfriend and I have watched the first three books of it, and book four is out now, but you have to pay for it on Amazon Prime. Okay. So we're waiting until that becomes free uh, to watch. And it, it's okay. Oh, that's on Amazon, like, streaming? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, books one, two, and three. check that out. Yeah. Um, 
so that you know that's a, a nice way to be able to watch it because most people have sure. Prime. Um, so the, the the comics fill the gap, right? Because the world is dramatically different between Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, and so the comics right. are bridging that gap. You know, the it's the kind of the step by step of how the society progressed and, and became the way it is. So it's really interesting, and it, you get more of the characters, and the art is phenomenal. It's like precisely like the show, uh, which That's which good. I appreciate because yeah. you know a lot of times with expanded medias uh, and things, they kind of try their own little flair with it, and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel the same tonally. But this, it feels like you're just reading an episode of the show, um, yeah. which I really appreciate. So I've read the first three big collections of that, and now I'm on the newest one. I have a couple trades of that to read but i've really been enjoying i'm sorry it. is this is this a this is a current ongoing series uh the most recent one may have just wrapped up i i think i'm yeah i think they just wrapped up and so i, ha- okay. I have all three trades got it yeah i think that's but like the they, they they they're they're not making it anymore like it's a complete series now i don't know for okay. sure, I don't want to commit. Because I would to definitely that. be interested in checking that out. I I really loved the original Nickelodeon series. Yeah, um, and like there, there's some the good payoff group. stuff in the comics too, like with, yeah, with the relationships cool. between the characters, and there there's some really good moments. I'm definitely not like an anime person, and we've talked about this before, but like Avatar and Pokemon are like the closest anime sure. adjacent things that I tend to enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So really the only other thing that I wanted to talk about quickly, and then we'll move on to the E3 games. We went and saw Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. I've heard yeah. I've heard people either really like it or are not into it at all. There's very little I middle ground. Feel, I feel like the people that go online and say they hate it are people that decided they were going to hate it before they saw it. Like, okay. it's the modern, like, it's cool to hate shit. And, like... People make fun of me for that because there are a lot of, like, very mainstream things that I don't enjoy. So it's that, like, oh, you're such a hipster, Shay. You don't like that thing just because it's popular, which isn't the case. But I do feel like a lot of people are that way. Like, they just want to fly in the face of what other people enjoy. And we talked about this uh, last episode when we were talking about why you're not watching Game of Thrones. Like, those people that brag about not watching Game of Thrones. Like, it's some (laughs) badge of honor to not watch the show. (laughs) And I feel like it's similar with this of, like... People just want to hate on it because they don't want to be part of the zeitgeist. But Spider-Man Homecoming is fucking incredible. I love that movie so much. And, I mean, I really liked Civil War, too, in the way they integrated Spider-Man into that. And I knew immediately, watching that movie, that I really, really dug Tom Holland as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And being Mm. able to see more of that in this is just really, really satisfying. I feel like... Up until this point, we've never gotten a true Peter Parker movie. Like, because we've had, you know, the Sam Raimi with Tobey Maguire versions. We had the Mark Webb with, uh, what's his face, Andrew Garfield versions. Blech. But neither neither of them felt like real deal, nerdy high schooler, sure. loser Peter Parker. Yeah. Because, like, the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire ones, like, he that was, like was at the college. end of high school. Right. And, like, the, yeah, the later ones, he went and moved on into college. And also, Tobey Maguire was, like, in his 30s when he did those movies. <laughs> right. Or at least he looked like it. And then with Andrew Garfield, he was, way he too was good also... Looking. 
He's also way older, but he at least looks younger. But yeah, he was. He's. He's an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Yeah, I mean, he is a very, very handsome dude. But it's not even just that he's too good looking, but like the way the character was portrayed was that he was more like a hipster, like yeah, he skateboarded yeah. and like people thought he was funny. Like he told a, he made a big joke at like their graduation, and like that's just not the Peter Parker that I want, the one that I identified with because. And I, I brought this up in my review, which you can check out on cheheadseverything.com. But what I talked about in my review was growing up, I always loved Spider-Man because I felt like he was me it, when I was in when I was a kid or like in high school. And I certainly was never as smart as Peter Parker. But like the whole <laughs> being like a bit of an outcast and not totally fitting in and like your group of friends not being like the cool kids and like being okay with that but also there's a part of you that wishes you were cool like wishes you were more accepted with the cool kids and like it's it's that back and forth that like struggle that you deal with and i I imagine uh, the vast majority of kids identify with that sure um and so that's one thing i I always really loved about peter parker and i never felt like that was captured in a spider-man movie and i totally feel like homecoming nails that like knocks that out of the park peter parker in this movie is a high school kid dealing with high school problems and high school drama he just also happens to wear a high-tech spider-man suit and (laughs) stop crime you know like in that i just there's such a great sense of humor and um the 80s were a really great time for coming-of-age comedies um and then the 90s, which is when I was watching those kinds of movies, a lot of them were, like, shitty. And it was more about, like, kids trying to have sex versus, like, trying to rebel. And this feels more like the 80s coming-of-age movies where it's just it, – it's got – it's lighthearted. It has a great sense of humor. And I just really, really recommend it. Like, even if you're not someone that cares about, like, the bigger Marvel movies. Because, you know, Iron Man's in this. Right. And I, I could take the, take her to leave that. I wish he was in it a little less than he was. But he certainly isn't in it as much as, like, the trailers would make you think. Um, but just, like, as a Spider-Man movie, I just feel like it totally nails it. And, you know, uh, so just as yet another plug i have the review of my website i also have an ongoing list uh like a ranking of all of the marvel movies and so spider-man homecoming's now on that list and then i uh did a ranking of all of the spider-man movies so you can see kind of where i think homecoming rates when uh compared to like because i mean spider-man 2 is a classic classic spider-man movie um so it was really fun to go through those um and I'll also say, going back to Horizon Zero Dawn, I haven't put it, posted it yet, but I will have a full review of that, so you can check that out as well. Um, but I know we have some other stuff that we wanted to talk about, but because we got some big games to talk about, we can kind of move those to the next episode. So yeah. the big thing we wanted to talk about today were uh, Sony games. And both of us have definitely fallen more in line with Sony uh, in the past, like we typically own Sony platforms compared to some others. I know like you have a switch. We both owned a 360 and a Wii, but we're like more aligned and more interested in a lot of the stuff that Sony's doing. Very much so, so. I'm always I'm always most looking forward to Sony's press conference. Long way of, of trying to say that. So I was really curious to see what all they would come out and announce, especially because a lot of the games they announced last year seemed like they would be 2018 games and so you kind of look at it and are like so what's going to be the big fall release are they going to announce uh release like are they going to say oh god of war is actually coming in 2017 or hey here's this brand new game you've never even heard of that's coming in, out in 2017 and turns out they didn't do that at all because <laughs> apparently they just don't care about launching any exclusives this fall and they're just gonna rely on their like third party shit which 
whatever. But I was definitely d disappointed to see that. But they brought back all the same games they showed last year, just showing a little bit more of them. And in some cases, I thought that worked. And in other cases, I really didn't. So for me, the two big standout games were Spider-Man, for one, and God of War. So both of these they announced last year. And uh, Spider-Man, they showed like a full gameplay trailer. And I was blown away by that. Like, I cannot wait to play that game. It, it feels like what Batman Arkham Asylum was when that first came out. This kind of amalgamation of other games in this universe. Because, like, there's some very clear Batman-inspired combat. There's, you know, the web-slinging that we know and a little bit of, like, the parkour style from modern games, you know, that Assassin's Creed kind of invented. Um, and so seeing all of those disparate pieces from other games kind of coming together in Spider-Man, I'm not sure it feels super fresh, like from a gameplay design perspective, but the fact that it's Spider-Man, the fact that it's Insomniac, and they know how to you know, put humor into video games, which is very hard to do, I'm super, super pumped. Um, Yeah, so like with... Mm, man, there have been a lot of bad Spider-Man games. Let's not ignore that right. fact. And there, so, have been, there, have been a, there have been a decent uh, amount of so good Spider -Man ones, Spider-Man 2, that... That's a good freaking game. Spider-Man 2 mm -hmm. is fabulous. Mm -hmm. That's really the only one I have liked that I've played. I've played a good number of them. Um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, like, Web of Shadows has some stuff to like. Uh, whatever it was, um, the sequel that had Spider-Man 2099 in it. That one was pretty decent. Shattered Dimensions, I guess it was. But uh, but I'm with you. None of them have been have captured what Spider-Man 2 did. Right, and so I, I definitely get the sense that this is more in line with that experience, like expanded, yeah. expanding upon that kind of the open world and the adventure, more adventurous sense of Spider-Man mm -hmm. 2 that that had. Um, I definitely feel like it's more in line with that. I don't know that I'm in the market for this particular game. I don't think I will play it. It doesn't really, it hasn't really grabbed me a whole lot. And, and so... Why do you think that is? I just, you know, open world fatigue. I just, I'm... Okay. And... I, I guess, like, it's not clear from the gameplay videos, but it looks like something that uh, helps you. Like, it's got a lot of movement and aiming and combat assist in it um, in, in okay. a way that I feel like I won't have a good degree of control over what's happening for good and bad. Um, and there's just certainly, you know, they've set up some cool set piece moments and interactive environmental stuff. Um, but it just it feels very much like button prompt the game to me that's mm. the sense i get from the videos there was definitely a little bit of that like in the chase sequence with the helicopter there, there were a lot of quick time events yeah and just e sure. even in the combat and stuff and i, I understand why they need to do that because they have a lot of cool spider-man web moves that yeah. i don't know how you map those to a controller or otherwise um so like I, I get like that's how you kind of have to make a game like that and that's okay i just don't know that i want to play that I bet okay. I bet that's going to be a fantastic game and people are going to really like it, but I think it's one that I personally will probably skip out on. Well, and, and I know for me, and I, I definitely hear everything you're saying. I feel like all of that's valid. Another thing that just makes me excited beyond the fact that it's Spider-Man is it seems like the tack they're taking like on the story and the world is going to be playing around with the larger Spider-Man universe. Cause like they, they have Kingpin in that gameplay. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like he's like in jail and working stuff from there, but like the villain that Peter is fighting in there and the chasing down in the helicopter, Mr. Negative, like he's a relatively recent villain that was introduced. 
I guess it's probably been close to 10 years ago now. Like when I was first really hardcore getting into comics, he was uh, introduced, I think. I I might be wrong on that, but at least when I saw him. Um, But like the fact he's like a C or D tier villain is kind of what I'm getting at. And I I really like that. And I like that they're like, it's not, you're not just fighting Venom. Well, that's like Spider-Man 2. Because, you know, you had, um, oh God, what was his name? Uh, Shocker? Shocker. Yeah, the Shocker. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Shocker and Mysterio and all these other people that you'd like. Scorpion. Scorpion, yeah, you don't see in the cinematic universe ever. Yeah, for but sure. But they've like, had really cool big moments in Spider-Man 2. And so if that's if that's any indication, if Mr. Negative, Dr. Negative, whatever, is any indication, that seems like that's a direction they're returning to, which I think is, yeah. I agree, that's, that, that's neat. And that's another thing I loved about Spider-Man Homecoming, too. Like, they took the Vulture, which was this super lame villain from (laughs) the comics. Like, this old guy in this bright green Vulture suit. Like, it was a totally shit character. And they turned him into this really intimidating bad guy, you know, performed really well by Michael Keaton. And they've already said, like... uh, Yet again, he's Birdman. Well, yeah, I know, exactly. But they're obviously making a sequel to Homecoming, and they've already said that the the main villain and that will be a villain we haven't seen before in a Spider-Man movie, which I just have the utmost, most respect for, because it would be so easy for them to go back to the well yeah. and have Green Goblin or have Venom again. And to be fair, Sony's making a standalone Venom movie, which I have opinions on. But <laughs> I am I just like that they're playing around in that deeper space. Yeah, that's, that's um, a, because that is only a good thing. It's like like people come for these characters that they love, and certainly the classic villains are things people want to see, but I think that, and Marvel has totally proven that you can take these B, C, D tier list villains and make them compelling yeah. just by do, like casting well and having good writing and putting forth the work. So right. uh, it seems like Insomniac is taking that route as well uh, with the Spider-Man game, so I'm super excited. Um, God of War was the other big standout for me. Obviously, we've seen some of this before. Very, um, I guess you'd say like Last of Us inspired, where it's more of a third-person action-adventure game versus just being like an over-the-top, crazy button-mashing type of game. It's a little bit more grounded and real and focused on the characters, which I think is the absolute right thing to do with God of War nowadays. Yes, yeah. Um you certainly could not make a God of War four that was like God of War one, two, no. and three, and even whatever the other one was. Uh, I don't even remember what that was called. Uh, I never played oh, it, but, um, oh the yeah the one with the multiplayer. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um but I know they have also said that this game, like it has no um like no cuts. The entire thing is just straight through. Like, and it'll go in and out of cutscenes where you're interacting or not interacting. But I thought that's a really cool and obviously very challenging thing for them to take on. Like, there's going to be no, like, cut to black. Here's a cutscene. Cut to black. Now you're playing again. Which I just thought is, like, a really interesting thing to try. Yeah, that's. I think that's... Um, well, you know, we just talked about Birdman. That movie, entire movie was filmed in essentially one shot. Well, that's the way they edited yes. it. There were, there were a couple of from my perspective, clear cuts, but yes, the, yeah. the, the, the feel was that it was one long take. For right. Sure. And, and so, you know, you know, uh, shift that over to another medium, I think, uh, and especially, you know, it's, it's a property that is surprising to do that with, but, uh, I think, um, some experimentation is needed from them at this point. And I, I sure. think this particular God of War game, it just looks better every time they show more of it. So I'm, I know. I'm so I, yeah. excited for it. 
this this was like I was so disappointed that they didn't announce like a fall 27 or 2017 release yeah. date because I just I'm so ready to play this game. I'm, I can't wait to play it. Uh, so since you weren't like super high on Spider-Man, what like what else was your big, you know, Sony exclusive standout? Um, or were there any? Well, I mean, like Uncharted Lost Legacy, I'm excited about because I will Same. just play more of those games because just yep. Rim coming because those are fun characters. Yep. Um, and I am glad that they're taking a break from uh, Nathan Drake yeah. and that whole shtick. I'm glad that we're getting these like this bit of a side story. I'm very interested to have learned that this is closer to a full-length game than it is like a dlc single story because i mean it's a 40 dollars release they said it's you know six to eight hours long at least i think um, yeah they, they said it, it's the second longest uncharted game besides four because four is the longest wow, that's crazy yeah that's crazy 40 me. bucks and it, and it being so recent after uncharted 4 like i totally get why people might not be super interested because they're burnout having just played uncharted 4 last year and I, I mean, I'm definitely reaching that. Like I could, after this, I'll probably want a break, but um, I'm just excited to see where they take the story post Nathan Drake. Yeah, me too. Um, besides that, I mean, really just, uh, okay. So, <laughs> so Call of Duty World War II, I'm over the moon about. I've been wanting them. I have been wanting a 1080p M1 Garand mm. texture in my <laughs> life for a very long time. So the fact that mm-hmm. I'm finally getting it, great. We don't need to so- talk any more about Call of Duty because it's Call of Duty. Um, but other than that, Days Gone and Detroit Become Human. Detroit I'm more just intrigued with because of sure my previous experiences with Tim Schafer games. I've talked about this before. How, David Cage. Sorry, yes, David Cage. Blech. Um, sorry, Tim Schafer. Uh, <laughs> two, people, two, two game developers that could not be more different. I know, Tim right? Schafer this and David is Cage. The stupidest thing I said. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so David David Cage, um, he I, I've always loved his work because I, I don't I know it's not necessarily executed on very well, but he has a lot of high ambitions and ideals that he brings into his games. Absolutely, I think those, that's cool to see. Um, Days Gone, I think, just technically looks fabulous. With all sure. of those zombies sprinting and massing and the bodies crawling over each other, that's some really cool tech that they have. Um, I am a, I'm a little worried about the moment-to-moment stuff, um, kind of the in-betweens for the gameplay, right. driving around, and you know, I, I kind of want to see how inventory is managed. And it seems like there's a, a little bit of um, some settlement stuff. I don't know how big they're going to get into hmm. that in terms of like resource gathering for your settlement okay. and missions and stuff. I don't know if they'll get into the nitty gritty of that or like if there's going to be menus or if it's just kind of like, Hey, we're low on food, go get some food and you go get item called food and bring it back. And they're <laughs> good now. Right. Just a fetch quest. Right. So I'm kind of worried about that stuff, but it, from what they've showed, it's all been, pretty controlled and so i don't know what that big open world's gonna feel like so that see that's the only thing that worries me for me i have like i could not be more disinterested in Hmm. days gone like just the aesthetic and the concept behind it and like you're saying like the moment to moment like it just feels so derivative of everything else it like it feels like an amalgamation of what game developers think is hot and cool like oh it's a zombie game and it's over the top brutal and violent 
and it's a post-apocalypse, but with nature, it just feels like it checkboxes. And I just, I like, I want to care because it's a Sony exclusive and I want all Sony exclusives to be good since I own that console. And um, I just, like, I can't. I just, I, everything I've seen of it, I just go, I don't give a shit about anything I'm watching right now. Yeah, and I guess that, you know, that, like you said to me before, I will say to you, all of that is totally fair. That's just, this formula <laughs> is not a formula I'm done with yet. Um, sure. But you know, if you if you are, I'm sure there are other people that are sick of it too, but um, I bet this will sell some gangbusters when it comes out. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt that. Like The, lar- the market at it. large clearly still likes this style of game. Um, and I'm not saying that it's like inherently bad. It's just for me, I just... I don't care about this anymore. And even like all of my post-apocalypse dark zombie ga- like uh, hype is for Last of Us 2, which I also would rather them not be making and rather them have been worked on something else. But I'm sure the game will still be phenomenal. But like I can't be excited for both because they're both the same fucking game. Like it's the <laughs> same exact thing. And it's just like I, I don't know why... Sony Bend would want to compete in that space when Naughty Dog nailed that so far out of the park and have Last of Us 2, probably not coming out till 2019, but still sure. coming down the pipe. Like, I don't know why you would want to make that game. It just doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not a game developer. Yeah, I I, you know, I don't, I have no idea. I'm sure they, they did some studies and uh, they feel confident they'll come out ahead because it seems like, they are very excited about that game. Yeah. And it's not even about them like looking at the graph and saying, Oh, people still want this. Like I'm sure the people making the game or at least a majority of them have a passion for the project. And it's not just like, Oh, we can make money on this. It just seems like a weird choice. Cause like, I feel like it usually makes sense when these big games come out of like, like we were talking about Anthem in a, in a previous episode about EA's press conference. Like that feels very derivative of, or like closely competing with something like destiny. Yeah. And there are a lot of elements of that are clearly inspired from other games, past power games and other games in general, but like, it makes sense why they're making this. Cause it's still filling some sort of void that hasn't been done like this kind of mmo style with a third person shooter where it's this open world and it's nature and i don't know if it's gonna have more story or whatever but it seems like it's trying to fill a gap that exists days gone it doesn't feel like there's a gap there it just feels like they're shoving it into a place that's already filled that's about as good of an analogy as i can come up with okay yeah i i i understand that yeah uh, so since we're already talking, now we're talking about some like non-exclusive games, you know, you brought up Call of Duty World War II, which I don't really have strong opinions on one way or the other. I'm curious cause yeah, it's World War II, but what they've shown, I'm still like, yep, still seems like Call of Duty. Not sure I care. Um, they showed Destiny 2 at the Sony press conference, yeah. which... Uh, they, they, um, Activision and Bungie have obviously come out afterwards and they've been showing a lot more recently. Um, and... Uh, like, I'm curious. Uh, I won't be fooled twice. Like, I'm not buying this on day one. They certainly haven't shown me anything to relieve me of being burned on Destiny 1. It seems like more of the same with some small 
like quality of life improvements and seems like they're doing a more focused story like all things i think that is a move in the positive direction it's just for me it's like going from they went from 30 percent to 50 percent and for me like they needed to get to 80 percent and they're just they're not they're not getting there um so i'm curious to see once it's out in the wild people have played it for a month and like the diehard people have gone through all the content are there things to keep people there that aren't just the hardcore grinders that like playing the same shit over and over and over and over and over again for three hours every day, which nothing against people that like to do that. That's totally fine. That's just, that ain't me, son. So unless I feel like there is content that's going to be worth my 60 bucks and worth my time. eh. Yeah. uh, So my friend got me into the beta for it. And I think that's coming up here next week, I think. So once I get my hands on it, I'll, I could chat about it on the podcast on that next episode. Sure. Yeah. I'll be curious to hear that. uh, I'll let you know kind of what all is included in the beta and how it, how it's structured. You know, if, if they have made significant changes in certain areas, I have a feeling they will not have, but we'll see. Cause I, I know, I know in the beta, like you can play on a, they have one of the multiplayer maps available. They have the first story mission available and they have a strike available. There might be some other stuff, but those are the big three I know yeah. of. Like, I don't care about multiplayer. So check that off the list. And I've seen the first, that first story mission played a million times on YouTube and it seems much better. And there is like a story. And I think that's cool. Okay. The strike, like I'm confident that the strikes are going to be good. They made some really good improvements to those over time and made them a lot more engaging with more mechanics versus just like, go here, shoot these guys. Go here, shoot these guys. Go here, shoot these guys. Hold square. Go here, shoot these guys. <laughs> like in the boss fights seemed more engaging and more like the raid. So I have no doubt that the strike will follow along that same course and still be fun and challenging and engaging in kind of fresh new ways. But like, that's not my issue. It's not, oh, I think this one story mission will be good. And oh, I think this one strike will be good. It's like, how many strikes are we going to have over this course of time? How many story missions are there? How are they going to sustain this story? Is it going to be a compelling villain? Like, are they actually going to craft characters and NPCs that you care about? That's the stuff that I don't know about. And I'm not going to learn that from a beta. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's. Well, I'll talk about it anyway, Shay. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm still totally (laughs) curious to hear your thoughts on it. I'm just speaking because like I played the beta before Destiny 1. I was insanely over the moon hyped for Destiny 1. I played the beta and was like, there's not much to this game like there's more than this right and then the game comes out and it's like nope it's just (laughs) this but on four planets and that's the game and i was like oh my god like this like something went clearly wrong here this is not a complete video game and i just don't want that to happen again with destiny 2 yeah i agree um and you know maybe the beta will give us a glimpse into it and maybe it will answer none of those questions we'll see yeah um, they also showed a little bit of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Do you have? Do you care about this game? I um, blanket statement: do not play fighting games. So <laughs> same. Like my my only interest in it at all is I I liked the Marvel vs. Capcom games in the past for being a button masher that I am. I also also you know I like Marvel stuff, and so seeing having an, uh, an excuse to like play as those characters is cool, but. It's not a game that I really care about. Just thought it was worth bringing up because I'm sure a lot of people care. Oh, people are. This crazy is not the podcast. This is not the podcast for fighting games. <laughs> no, game talk. it is not. Um, the 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 last thing that they showed at the press conference that I wanted to bring up was they announced DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn called The Frozen Wilds. Right. Which, like, I saw that. To be honest with you, 
I have no idea what the DLC is. I know it was in a snowy area. I just remember seeing the trailer and being like, oh, okay, DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm buying that. And that was about the extent that I needed. And I went on and I was checking like after E3 happened, Sony was having like a sale on E3 games and pre-orders. And it showed like, oh, you know, the Frozen Wilds is normally 20 bucks. It's on sale for $15. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll pre-order it. And then it wasn't until afterwards that I even realized, oh, this isn't coming out until like the end of the year. So I just spent $15 on something I'm not going to play for another six months. But, oh, well, I know I'm going to play it. So that's about all I care about. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's um, you know, a good thing that you know, you've finished the game and now you have plenty yeah. of time in between, yeah. you know, having to play more of it or feeling obligated right. to play more of it. So. That's probably a good and, thing. And I'll, I'll be honest, though, man. Like, when I finished uh, Zero Dawn, I was I kind of had that sadness that I was done with it. Really? And there's still a couple of things that I could go do. Like, I didn't do all. There are, like, these little hunt missions where you have to kill enemies in a certain way that I wasn't really loving. There were, like, one or two little side missions that I hadn't done. But I'd done most things. And it was just like, okay, I could go do those or be done with the game. And I said, ah, there's some other stuff I want to play. I don't really feel the need to continue with this. But I had that feeling of, like, after you finish a really good TV series or finish reading a really good book. And it's it's just that emptiness. Like, oh, I, yeah. I wish there was more of this. So I was, it was I found it very interesting because that doesn't happen with me often um, with video games. Because video games are so long, I usually feel like I've gotten my fill. But that just makes me even more excited for Frozen Wilds. I, I totally know I'm going to be ready for some more Horizon Zero Dawn when that comes out. Good. Um, the last thing, Sony-wise, that I wanted to talk about. And this, like, I cannot believe that they hid what is has to be their most hotly anticipated release knack 2 why like why did they not have an extended gameplay demo at the press conference i just it cuz that first game sucked i can't believe they're making a second one are you kidding me that's what they're going to okay. do they're going to make another knack game fucking idiots it does seem it does seem like a joke like why are they making this the game didn't i mean i think it sold well because it was a launch game but certainly the response to it wasn't like we want more of this but like i'll just throw it out there knack wasn't it wasn't a bad game i played it like a couple years after it came out it was on sale for like five bucks i'm like sure fucking five dollars i don't give a shit and like there's there's some this stuff to it and like the physics and the particle effects and stuff are good i like the visual style of it all right here's the dumbest just, thing about knack 2 it's right? called knack 2 and there are two knacks <laughs> it's so stupid are you saying it should have been called two knacks 2 two knacks 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 da da yeah uh that's what i'm saying but just oh like i can't uh. I mean, I, no, I'm I, with you. This, this is an awful world we live in, and so of course they would make a knack two instead of anything <laughs> else. Just, I was just, I like, and it was the, that's it was the it takes, biggest. That's what it takes. That's what it takes for you to acknowledge that the world is fucked up. It's yeah. like you know. All these terrible things, these terrorist bombings happening, all this shit going on in Act Russia, two. you know, the racism and sexism that pervades our country. And the like the line for you that crossed over into this world isn't worth saving was the announcement of Mac 2. They <laughs> fucked up, man. <laughs> they fucked up. <laughs> I love it. Don't mess with it. my first party, Sony. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh man. I just, I don't, I don't get it 
And like the the yeah. biggest joke leading into E3 was oh here's here's Sony's E3 press conference lineup and it was just a bunch of NAC 2 stuff. <laughs> it's like an extended gameplay demo session of NAC 2, making of NAC 2 documentary. And then like story trailer, yeah, story for, NAC trailer two. for NAC 2. Meet the cast of NAC and then 2. They're actually Mark making Sony's it. TED Talk. Yeah. Oh, this is you know, no offense to anyone who works on that on that game or is a part of that production staff. What are you doing, sure. man? What are you doing yes. here? Yes. <laughs> Make something else. Not 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 degrading the work that goes into the game. It just it is a little like why are they making this for sure? Yeah. <laughs> Cuz there's clearly talent there. There's clearly talent at that studio. They right. have ideas. And like those cutscenes are very well rendered and like they're well voiced and animated and uh-huh. like that I recall that being a good part of the first knack. Mm-hmm. And then there's the game that you play, <laughs> which maybe not so successful. No. <laughs> so moving on beyond the Sony press conference, um, there like three there were three games for me that were standouts that uh, weren't showcased like at. Uh, press conferences. The first was Nino Kuni 2, which I think they put out a trailer for before E3, and then it was shown at like some like side stages and whatnot. I haven't played Nino Kuni. Like I know you played it, yes? Uh, I played about eleven hours of it. Okay, and then I know I borrowed it from you probably three years ago, maybe more. And yeah. it's still in my dresser drawer. <laughs> Has not been touched. Um, like, it's one of those games that, like, I want to play. Just knowing how long it is, especially that it's a JRPG. And, I, look, with JRPGs, I like to play with a guide. It's just something, it makes me feel... Like, I always played Final Fantasy games and, like, Xenosaga series and a bunch of JRPGs. I always played them with guides as a kid just because I wanted to explore and see everything. Right. And there's something about playing them now. Like, those are the only games I want to play with a guide. Uh, and so knowing like going and playing Nino Kuni, I'd want to play with a guide. I don't want to go buy it or like look it up online or whatever. And that just kind of is my excuse of why I don't play it. But what they've shown of the second one looks super cool. And it looks like they're making smart, good changes. Um, it's I not ju- I just, a studio I'm... Ghibli game though. Yes. I have heard that. Yeah. yeah. And I just yeah. read like a couple days ago that it's been postponed two months. So it's okay. now coming out near the end of January in 2018. I don't know what the cause of that is. I didn't read too much into it, but yeah, th- I mean that kind of thing happens. I yeah. feel like it's 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 not always this like red flag that it used to be. I feel like short delays are are fairly common nowadays, right. unfortunately. Um, and then another small game that I saw at the at the well, not didn't see like in person. I wish, but uh, I saw a trailer for, and then they had one of the people working on on the giant bomb podcast like they're at night the thing it did that it did at e3 was it's called tunic yeah which i guess was announced uh, phoenix is working last on last right? year or, or, or yes uh they announced either last year or a year before under a different name which escapes me right now but it is it seems like dark souls slash zelda where you play as a little cute fox guy and it's like kind of chibi graphics a little bit um like a little bit of cell shading almost, like a little cutesy kind of style to it, but very engaging, like dodge rolly, um, challenging combat. That's it's it's kind of like a isometric kind of uh, not direct top down, but like a you know 
whatever you I'm, I'm making motions with my hands that is working really well for podcasting <laughs> but for people that don't understand what isometric means it's like you're looking at it you're looking down from an angle and so it's right. that kind of style um so I don't know, I, like that. It just stood out to me as something that it's a small little indie game that I thought looked pretty promising. Yeah, I think it looks neat too. And I just realized I said Phoenix instead of Felix with an L. Felix, that is her yes. her handle. Um, yes. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think it looks it looks neat. I'll probably check it out when it comes out. Um, but yeah. yeah, they had a really interesting discussion at one of the Giant Bomb at Nights, and uh, mm-hmm. she was just talking about how weird it is to pick a name for a game, and then like, I know, how I, I really how like people. That. Like the conclusions that people draw from the name alone, and how much work goes into that, and thought goes into that, as right. kind of a neat conversation. Yeah, uh, and then the last game I wanted to talk about before we move into the hate of the week is Fortnite. So this actually was announced before E three, but they did show some more extended gameplay stuff at um, the event. And I mean, this game's been in the works like seems like almost as long as like the last Guardian. I, I think it's been in the uh, in some sort of playable alpha state for like three and a half or four years now. Yeah, and the game has gone under huge, huge changes from Big what time. I've seen, like yeah. from old trailers to now, and it, it looks super fun. Like it's a fairly standard uh, like tower defense setup, but. It just looks really fun. Like there, it looks like there's a lot of variety, and I really like the character classes that they've created. They seemed well tuned and well balanced. And I mean, like I'm totally down to to hop on. You know, if I had more than two friends, I would totally <laughs> hop online and, and play with a group of people. Yeah, I um, they a couple days ago, as of this recording, they did a closed alpha stress test for the servers, and I hopped on. Okay. I got into that and played it for Sweet. a few hours. There's a lot going on in that game. Yeah, um, yeah it seems and like it. And I think that game might almost be better on a controller because just the way like, like the way things are hotkeyed with function keys and stuff and the, the way your traps are set up was a little confusing and hard to get, a ha- hard to get the hang of. Um, so it might actually be better with a controller. I don't know. Interesting. But um, that game has a lot going on, just a ton of systems yeah. just in general. Yeah. Um, and I can't talk a whole lot about it, I don't think. There was an NDA screen. I think I can just kind of say what I said and be okay. Okay. But um, I actually I did, t- I did not take a super close look at that NDA screen because I <laughs> forgot I would be talking about it on the podcast. I probably should have looked at it closer. But I will say I had a lot of fun with it. And I think it's nice. It has a lot of promise. And I am getting it on PS4. So. If you want to get it on PS4, we can play together. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll probably play it like twice, and then I'll decide I don't care because I just don't play multiplayer games ever. I just I know my cycle. Yeah. I know how this works for me. Yeah, that's fair. But it comes out at the end of the month, right? Yeah, and like if you pre-order it, you get it four days early. So it's July 25th, but if you mm. pre-order it, it's on the 21st. Interesting. I'll, I'll look into that. It's 40 bucks, or is it a full $60? Um, you, if you get it digitally... Just the basic standard, no extra frills, whatever, because it's very microtransaction heavy. Um, okay. It is 40 bucks for just that. And you do still, if you pre-order it, you do still get in four days early. The $60 version okay. comes with a bunch of like loot box stuff and some extra characters and all that to begin with. Um, okay. But I don't think any of that stuff is necessary. Um, I wanted the physical disc, so I went ahead and got mm-hmm. it off Amazon. Plus, with um, the Amazon discount, the prime discount i get it for 48 dollars instead of the nice. 60 so it's like eight yeah. dollars more than the standard i get physical and i got all the extra stuff so whatever um it's a pretty <laughs> good deal cool 
Well, that kind of wraps up all of our E3 you know, conversations, walking through all the different press conferences and some additional games. So if there are any big hits that we missed or that you're curious to hear our opinions on, you can send an email to info at shayhateseverything.com. Um, like we've kind of talked about throughout the episodes, there are certain genres of games that we tend not to pay that much attention to. Um, so we might not have, like I know we don't really have all that big opinion on like the new Forza, like that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Um, but totally could have missed some games. Um, we had to cut some stuff for time. But yeah, so um, now moving on to everyone's favorite segment, the Shay Hate of the Week. Hate of the Week. So today's Hate of the Week is sort of building on stuff we've been talking about recently. You know, uh, a couple episodes ago we talked about... Um, memes and how it kind of highlights people not being super funny which then led into people stealing other people's jokes and now today's topic is working for exposure and i'm putting exposure in sneer quotes so this is like the reasoning that like especially for people in artistic careers um you know music production or acting or painting um that kind of thing that you should do these things for other people for free just to like get your name out there. And this promise of like, Oh, if you do this for me for free, it will lead to more business. Like I have a buddy who, um, he does graphic design and he has people reach out to him to like design, uh, covers for like, like local recording artists will reach out to him to create their album art. And he'll be like, Oh yeah, I'll do that for 50 bucks. And that's not really worth his time, but it's not always like a super big time investment or, um, you know, it could be a fun little project. But really, the reason he's like, oh, I'll do it for 50 bucks is because 99% of the time when he says, oh, I'll do it for 50 bucks, the person responds, oh, well, I was kind of hoping you'd just do it for free for the exposure. Ugh. And it's like, like, what? Like, like, this is my career. Like, this is how I pay my bills. Why would I, like, would you... Like, Mr. Local Atlanta Rapper, would you just go do some kid's birthday party for free? Like, I I feel like there are exceptions to this where if it's, like, a really good career opportunity, there could be some potential there or if it's for something like like as an actor i've i've done stuff where i haven't been paid before and always the thing for me about it is one if i feel like the experience is valuable like i'm getting something out of it i could see it and two if it's like a student project where everybody's there to learn and to grow and like to make connections then it makes sense. Yeah. But I'm not going to go act in some movie that's going to be produced in a theater and not get paid because then I'm working for free and the person who isn't paying me will then be making money off of my work right. and I'm not getting anything from yeah, that. Yeah, that's not that's right. That's fucked up. Like, it's like I'm not doing this for fun. This is my chosen career path. And, you know, I'm a little bit on the outside from this now, but I feel like part of it is this expectation that the person who will be receiving the work feels like they have more value than the person who is doing the work. Cause like these recording artists, they're saying my shitty album that's going to sell 12 copies will be good exposure for you. Like, where do you get off thinking you have this impact on the world to like 
pump up someone else's stuff. Yeah, that's It just so doesn't dumb. make sense to me. I feel like it's this, like, pompous nature. And part of it, too, which really points out how shitty these people can be, when you respond and say, oh, well, no, this is what I would expect. This is the financial restitution that I would expect for this work. They get offended. They're like, oh, well, fuck you. Like, I'll go find someone else who would do it for free. Like, that, that to me is a huge warning sign. Because if someone is going to get offended that you would dare expect pay for your work, that's a shitty person. Yes. Like, that is not someone that you want to work with. Certainly not. Because they're going to be, like, overly demanding, you would think. They're going to be hard to work they're with gonna in, be users. in other ways. Like, yes. That, that's not somebody that I want to be associated with. Or, like, someone I want my work associated with. Right. Um, and I feel like too, it's, it's like, if, if I'm going to be paid for something, I'm, I'm always going to do something to the best of my ability, but if I'm going to be paid for something, there's, there's, there's something holding me on the hook for doing a shit job. But if I know I'm not going to be paid, if another opportunity comes up or, you know, if it's last minute and something changes, I'm not getting anything out of this. So why would I put 100% in? Like right. it's it's the classic adage you get what you pay for. Like if you're if you're expecting me to do this for free, expect quality that I would give for free, you know? Have you like have you cuz I'm you've done acting stuff in the past and especially like um doing on more on the directing side. Have you had any experience with this where people have wanted you or expected you to offer your services for free? Um, only all the time, <laughs> like, cause as a site manager, you know, and I'm very upfront about like when I site manage events, what my rate is and why I have to be in the building for like these specific reasons. I mean, there are people that expect me to do things that are not my job for free mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. like, I straight up, and this is not a lie. I had someone try to tell me what my job was um the other day like after an event they said you should have stepped in and had like you should have worked the sound table for us and you should have done this and i like yeah a that pissed me off because i went to a lot of trouble and communication to ensure that i had all of the people and things that they requested and they did not request to have a person running sound uh Mm -hmm. and so they had i had to quickly train one of their people to run the soundboard and then that person didn't do a great job. Like, they messed up a couple times during the show because they had, like, ten minutes of quick training from me. Yeah, yeah. And they had the gall to tell me that I wasn't doing my job to cover for their fuck-up. Um, that kind of shit happens all the time. And I'm at the point now, right. I've been doing it long enough, and I've seen, I've had this done to me so many times. I'm done taking it sitting down. I am just straight up telling yeah. people it is not my job. That is not why I'm here. And we might lose a couple of customers because of it. But at the end of the day, like, I can't do this show after show, year after year, like, being stepped on. Because it's just it's it's disrespectful. It is. Absolutely. And I'm not that way at all to anybody. So I expect them to have the same amount of respect for my time and my position that I do for theirs. And most people don't. And so I've just I've. Uh, I'm not rolling over to that anymore. Um, You know, I've had my first full year with the three positions I have at the high school, and I'm not, you know, going to be pushed around like that Mm -hmm. because I killed myself last year um, Mm -hmm. doing stuff for people, and that's just, I I can't, I can't do that anymore. 
Like, I don't know. I can't face another year like that. And, you know, to, to think that there are people out there doing artistic things or creative things or things with their hands that take time, effort, and um, focus, and they don't get compensated fairly for it or are treated poorly because of the desire of compensation, that sucks. And it's super shitty, and that is a mentality yeah. that needs to die in a fire. Yeah. And it devalues you. Absolutely. Like, as 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 a you know a worker and as a person it's saying like what you're doing here has no value to me yeah like think about it's that it's so it, like rude. that's what it, it's 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 and it's not even because you could look at it at a surface level and say to use the you know the album cover example again it could say i don't care enough about how my album looks to invest any money in it that's one way of of, of putting it sure but this is like this is specifically to a person. I'm saying, like, what the work you will do for me isn't worth anything. It it isn't worth any money on my part. It, like, I care so little about this and so little about what you're trying to do with your life. I'm not willing to pay you to do this. Like, how fucking terrible is that when you look at it from that perspective? Yeah, I, it just, it's, it's just awful. Uh. And and I see this so so much in the acting world because there are so many people just desperate for that huge, for that, that big break where they'll, you know, get to be in a Scorsese movie or whatever the hell. And there's a whole other topic about that, about people wanting to be actors so they can be famous. And it's not even about the acting anymore. It's about being a celebrity. It's a whole other hate of the week, but this mentality on the opposite side of like, Oh, I, I'm shooting a short film. Uh, uh, and, and like I, I would troll through all these casting pages back in the day when I was doing lots of auditions and what you would always see is copy credit like that, like when it under under pay or whatever, it's a copy credit, meaning you'll get a copy of the final product. You'll get a credit that you can put on your resume. Like we're not paying you nothing. It's copy credit. And I always look at that and I'm always like, so what are you getting from this then? Like, are you just doing this for fun? Are you just making this short film for fun? Just to, you know, put it up on YouTube? Or are you trying to get it produced? Are you trying to get it distributed? Are you trying to make money with this movie that you're making? Because if you are, I'm also trying to make some fucking money with the acting that I'm doing. Right. And if it, it going back to, you know, there are some exceptions for this. Like, it's Scorsese, for example. If he, you know, was doing a staged reading of one of his movies for new actors to come and play classic roles from Scorsese movies of yesteryear, and it was non-paid in, in this theater, like, yeah, I'd probably fucking do that, to like to work with Martin Scorsese and to go and be in front of this big group. But some stupid schmuck living in Atlanta with no budget who is making films on the side and, like, has a, you know, day job and trying to do whatever else, like, you aren't important enough for me to devalue myself enough to work for you for free fucking pay me yeah I mean, it's just you know it's uh comes from a mentality of me first me most important yeah. me smash until i get what i want and yeah. you know that it's an awful horrible base human instinct mentality to have um yep. you know, it's just it, it shows a lack of empathy or consideration for other people it's rude 
And they say too, like, you know, if I were to say no to that, they'd be like, oh, well, you'll never make it. Like, if you're not willing to work for free, you'll never make it. Look at all the successful actors. They worked for free at some point. And I'm always like, yeah, like, if the opportunity was right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't, like, your shit doesn't matter. Clearly, it doesn't matter. If your shit was good, you'd be able to pay me for it. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, uh, for listening to episode four of the Shea Hits Everything podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here, you can check out my website, ShayHitsEverything.com, for more opinions um, and reviews on things. And if you have any thoughts on stuff we talked about, uh, like I said, any any games that we may have missed from E3 or other topics you'd be curious to hear us talk about, or if you have an opinion on working for exposure versus getting paid, you can send an email to info at ShayHitsEverything.com. So, Kyle, thank you for joining me yet again and giving me this platform to just rant. You know what, Shay? You're welcome. And I would like to mention that I'm not getting paid for this. Yeah, you know, you're. but but see, exactly, exactly. I am also not getting paid for this. I'm not doing this to get paid. And if I was ever in a position where I was making money from doing this podcast, you better fucking believe I would pay you for being on here. You better, because I'm I'm clearly doing more than 50% of the work. Not true. Not true. (laughs) yeah so okay that wraps up for the episode everybody thanks for listening and uh we will see you in the next one see ya